0: And welcome, friends, to the Generations Broadcast. This is Kevin Swanson, and today we want to talk about the growing police state in America. Can it happen in the U.S. of A? Uh, This uh, police state mentality has been on the rise. Certainly the the rise of big government is no surprise to any of us. But the busting into people's houses, guns drawn, FBI agents arresting pro-life activists who really never did anything— and don't forget, 40 pro-lifers are facing 11 years in prison for what? Uh, sitting in on an abortion clinic? They're not doing that kind of stuff for people stopping traffic in uh, for liberal causes around this country. And uh, there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands that could be arrested for things like this. But uh, are they picking on pro-lifers? Are they picking on... Uh, those that support President Donald Trump. Is this uh, increasingly politicized, militarized uh, FBI? Is this what's happening to the country? Those questions, I think, are valid. And we're certainly seeing a shift in direction to the nation. Are we turning into some kind of banana republic? Or, worst case, some kind of a Nazi police state? That's the question for us today. And a new documentary film coming up very intense. Very intense. Policestatefilm.net. Gives you something of a, wow, an eyeful and an earful as to what is happening uh, with our country. And Dinesh D'Souza is the producer of this uh, this film. He's produced a lot of other stuff, but this one's, this one's big. And I recommend it to you at policestatefilm.net. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza now joins us on Generations. Welcome, Dinesh. Good to have you with us today.
1: Hey, thanks. Great to join you and very excited about this film. It's uh, was packed out the theaters, rave reviews. It's now in streaming and DVD. Okay. And as you yeah. mentioned, policestatefilm.net is the one stop shop to mm-hmm. be able to stream the film to any device or big screen TV. Mm-hmm. Also, a place to get DVDs and share.
0: Does this surprise you? I mean, this is the United States of America, the home of the free, the land of the brave. Uh, Wow, more and more, the home of the tax, the land of the slave. You know, we're we're moving more and more slowly but surely into a totalitarian state. Are we overstating the case on
1: this? I don't think we are. We're not a full-fledged police state. In fact, if we were, I couldn't make a movie called Police State. Right. But I will say that we are moving rapidly in that direction. And I want to distinguish the... Um, big government or the administrative state of the 20th century Mm -hmm. from the police state that we are seeing emerging in the 21st. Uh, A police state is different than an administrative state. We're not just talking about bloated bureaucracies, over-taxation, in-government inefficiency. We're talking about the government uh, locking uh, down our basic rights So if we go down our rights in the Bill of Rights, the unalienable rights of the founders, as the founders put it, we notice that none of them is completely secure today. Is your right to free speech completely secure? No. Mm -hmm. Your right to religious freedom? No. Your right to the Second Amendment to own a firearm? No. Uh, Your right to petition the government for grievances? No. Your right to assemble? No. Your right to equal justice uh, under the law? No. So, We are in a very strange situation, and I feel it very keenly as an immigrant. I mean, I came to what I thought was the land of the free, a land of opportunity, Mm -hmm, a land of of rights that are not subject to political negotiation, and yet here we are uh, hurtling toward a nightmarish police state, not all that different at the end from North Korea, China, the old Soviet Union.
0: Yeah, I just read an article, I think it was Fox News, interviewing Bob Fu, who apparently escaped from communist China. He was in the Tiananmen Square thing, arrested and such, comes to America, just interviewed this year with Fox News and was saying what we're seeing here in America is almost identical to the kind of approach taken by the Chinese communist state. Uh, So it seems to me it takes people from the outside to come in and say, hey, wake up this kind of stuff is happening to your country. I think that's what's happening. We're we're somewhat asleep. We're half asleep, aren't we?
1: Well, we have a young woman in the movie from North Korea. She's a refugee, uh, and uh, she uh, got out of North Korea thanks to some Christian missionaries. She went to Columbia University. She says the indoctrination at Columbia is worse than North Korea. She goes, <laughs> at least in North Korea, we don't question the distinction between a woman and a man. Mm-hmm. She goes, but uh, in, in Columbia, they kept telling her she couldn't be a man. And when she said, no, she can't, she just, you know, became a mom and so on. They're like, you're brainwashed. So, uh-huh. so you got this insanity going on in this country now. Right. And uh, it's, uh, unless we stop it, it's going to get a lot worse. Was
0: there anything that surprised you when you produced and directed this film? Yes, you interviewed these people and got some of the footage that you included in the film. And some of it's really shocking.
1: Well, the film includes really two types of people in it. One is informants, whistleblowers, People who understand the meaning of a police state, the origins of a police state, how it's organized, the architecture of it, who's running it. Uh, And that's very eye-opening for people because most people have a a dim understanding of how all this works. The second type of person in the movie are ordinary Americans going about their life, maybe involved in some civic cause, moms who are concerned with what their children are learning in school, pro-life activists that you mentioned. Uh, And then, bam, they come face-to-face with the police state. Uh, and I want to show their ordeal of it. In some cases, I recreate it with clinical accuracy. I hired a couple of FBI consultants to help me do that. In other cases, I have dash cam footage, surveillance video. I mean, I take you into a guy's apartment because of hidden surveillance video that he has. You can see the FBI coming up the doorway. You can see them taking out tape and covering up the peephole because they don't want it recorded. You can see them pull out a battering ram and come right through the door So the beauty of a film is you and I can talk about the police state all day, but the ordinary American is going to be like, yeah, but it's not going to happen to me. I'm not Donald Trump. I didn't go inside the Capitol on January 6th. I pay my taxes. But when you see this movie, you're not just going to be told about the police state. You can see it. You can feel it. You can experience it. It's a whole different thing.
0: Is it legitimate to say that kind of stuff was not happening in 1975 as it is happening now?
1: Of course, this is all stuff that really well we got a little bit of glimpses of it in the uh, specific actions at Ruby and wake uh, uh, Ruby Ridge and, and Waco. that's right but really that's it, right. it all began to escalate after nine eleven because think about it after nine eleven out of fear, many Americans, me included, supported the idea of giving the government all these enhanced powers of surveillance, of targeting, of tracking um and little did we realize that these powers would be uh, redeployed under Obama, now under Biden, so that they're not being focused anymore on Islamic terrorists. They're being focused on domestic political opponents like you and me.
0: Why are they doing this? I mean, it it is politicized. You believe that the the FBI has been weaponized.
1: Yeah, it's been weaponized. and, And part of the mystery of it is to show it's not hard to see why they're doing it at the top level, because after all, what you have is you basically have a gangsterized Democratic Party. They're appointing people who are You know, they're like consiglieries for Don Corleone to run the country. And that's what Merrick Garland is, in my view. He's basically a thug with a badge. And, uh, but what's harder to understand, and for me, more interesting psychologically, is how you get ordinary people to do evil things. I mean, I'm assuming that the ordinary guy working for the FBI isn't a creep, isn't a Mm -hmm. neo Nazi, isn't a thug. This is a guy with a family in a, you know, two car garage. So, how do you get that guy to like go to some old woman's apartment? kick in her door, grab her by her white hair and pull her to the ground, twist her arms behind her back, put her in handcuffs, pull her down the stairs by force if she resists, pull her into the street, let her neighbors gawk at her, helpfully tip off CNN so their cameras can be there to humiliate her on the nightly news. How do you get good people to do evil things like this? And answering that question is is one of the things I, I do in this movie.
0: I'm guessing that, you know, there were quote unquote good people that eventually signed up for the Nazis and they eventually turned into what they turned into. I just, you know, maybe they didn't intend to become that, but they got tied into an institutional force and voila, after, you know, four or five years, they turn into something they never expected to turn into. Is that possible?
1: Well, I think what happens in our case is it's even faster than that. It takes about six months. And here's why. They don't have to sell you on the ultimate objective. They don't tell you, look, we're out to squash our opposition. We want to put the opposition leader, Trump, in jail. We want to lock down all these patriots and Republicans and conservatives and Christians. That's their end goal. But what they do is they define the goal operationally. So they'll tell the FBI guy, listen, our job is to make an arrest. So we're going to point you to someone and say, that's a bad guy. And you're a little bit like a military soldier who's told to climb up that hill. It's not your job to figure out, why am I going there? What's the strategic objective? Who am I trying to get? No, you're, you're, you're given an instruction. You carry it out. So we're going to arrest this old woman. You don't worry about what she did. That'll be for the courts to figure out. Our job is to apprehend her. This is how we do it. We go at six in the morning. We, we take a battering ram to her door. We got to make sure that she doesn't offer any resistance. So this is how we handle it. And we are under orders that this is a high-profile arrest, so we have to tell the media. So your job is, if you want to be a good FBI man, if you want to be seen as somebody who's like in with the rest of us, if you don't want to be tagged as a troublemaker, if you want a $30,000 bonus for Christmas, if you want to be in line to get a really nice pension, then you're going to go along with us. So you can see the way in which they use very ordinary, mundane motives to get decent people to do indecent things. Yeah.
0: You know, we just did a program on the Finnish woman that was called on the carpet for using the wrong Bible verse, uh, online. And what was interesting about the story, I realize that this doesn't tie in directly with the United States, but what was interesting about the story is the U.S. defense that went to her cause. And by the way, she she's been through two trials and they're appealing it a third time. So she's being dragged through this one more time. But the comment that was made that was really interesting, it reminded me a little bit of Solzhenitsyn's Gulag Archipelago, is the attorney that was fighting for her case said it's abundantly clear the process is the punishment. Not good. I mean, that's what's happening here, isn't it?
1: It is. I mean, think of the analogy in this country of the way that they are tormenting the, the Christian baker. This is Jack. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, Jack uh, Phillips. Phillips. Right. In Colorado, right. Mm-hmm. because they sue him uh, because he won't bake a cake for with a kind of a, a gay theme, a gay wedding. Uh, he, he'll bake a cake um, or he will refer you to another baker who'll be happy to to bake you that cake. But he won't do it because of his religious convictions. And so they go after him. And the case takes years, goes all the way up to the Supreme Court. He wins. And you think, OK, well, that's it. He can now go back and, and bake, open his bakery up again. And But no, he sued again. Yeah. And he sued again now by a transgender, pretty much on the same grounds, mm-hmm. with the support of like the, the local Civil Rights Commission in Colorado. So they are trying to... It's not just that they want to ruin his life. They want everybody else to see, don't be a Jack Phillips because we can right. ruin your life as well. Right. To this degree, right. the process is the punishment. It's a threat. Yeah, it's a
0: threat. Exactly. yeah, exactly. Now, you experienced something of this treatment yourself. Can, can you relate uh, to our audience what happened?
1: Um, yes. The, um, my case was, which goes back to 2013, so it goes back a decade, okay. uh, is a college friend of mine was running for the Senate. Uh, I donated money to her that exceeded the campaign finance limit by $20,000. So I was accused of, uh, of exceeding the campaign finance limit. Now, this is something that happens from time to time. It's not normally even prosecuted. Um, If they do find out about it, they'll give you a warning or they'll be like, don't do that. Because remember, I wasn't getting anything out of this. This was not a quid pro quo, like, hey, I'll give you money and you make me a federal judge. It was nothing like that. Uh, And so but I felt the full power of the federal government going after me. And here's what really opened my eyes is I realized that if those guys, these federal prosecutors, this was at the SDNY, the Southern District of New York. If they could have put me away for 20 years oh, for this trivial ow, offense, they oh, would have done oh, oh, it. Wow. Wow. It was very eye-opening to me because mm-hmm. I was like, we are not living in the America I thought we were living in. They don't see me as like, okay, this guy made a mistake. They see it as this guy is a political enemy. We need to take him out.
0: Yeah. yeah. And and it becomes more and more like the Gulag Archipelago where they can use just about any law uh, to uh, send somebody off to the, the prison system. Uh, what, what can we do? What can the ordinary person do? Because anytime we start to hear these stories, some of us sort of freeze up. Paranoia sets in. That's not the response you want, is it?
1: Well, no. The first thing, though, is it. You do have to take a full reckoning of what is going on. I, I'm more concerned. I'm not so much concerned with what the with the ordinary guy not knowing what to do. I'm more concerned with the ordinary American being a little bit like the wildebeest or the antelope, grazing lazily. And and here I am. I'm like, hey, look, look, there's a predator behind yeah. those bushes. And they're like, oh no, Dinesh, it's the wind. Or oh no, Dinesh, it's a predator, but it's it's not going to jump on my back. It's going to jump maybe on somebody else's back. So there is a a denialism going on in the country, even as the jaws of the police state are snapping shut. So step one is getting a full reckoning of what is happening. And then step two is there are things that can be done at the individual level, but there are things that need to be done at the level of the court and the Supreme Court, at the level of the legislature, at the level we need to win the election for the executive branch. That's how you reform the FBI, the DOJ, the Department of Homeland Security, uh, not to mention actions that can be taken by DAs and secretaries of state and Republican governors. So part of what we need to do is put pressure on our legislators, federal and state, to do what they can to roll back the power of the police.
0: Is there anything that Congress can do to tie the hands of the FBI and the DOJ?
1: Oh, yes. They're just not willing to do it. I mean, why? 70 Republicans just voted to give the FBI $300 million for a new building. This is This is the same FBI that told Newsweek about a month ago, we have created a new category of domestic terrorist threat from MAGA Republicans. So think of the insanity of this. They're telling you that they're targeting Republicans and Republicans are like, oh, well, here's a bunch of money for you to go ahead and do that. Now, why are they doing that? Part of it is ideological confusion. A lot of Republicans are like, well, Dinesh, we're we're supposed to be back the blue. We support the cops. We support law enforcement. And I'm like, don't be an idiot. I support law enforcement, but police states are inherently lawless. They are abusing the law. They're abusing their power. That's why we're against them. That's why we want to clean the, clean it up. So there's no inconsistency in supporting your local sheriff, supporting the police who are upholding the law, and being completely against a rogue FBI, a rogue DOJ, a rogue DHS. But this is the kind of low-level thinking we get these days from the GOP.
0: And we've always had a principle in this nation to fight against the, a national police, to try to minimize as much as possible the, the military and uh, the FBI or any other agency being a, a force of, of tyranny against the average ordinary citizen in America.
1: Yeah, I think that is unfortunately happening, and it's happening more and more to ordinary people. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, the strange thing is, if it doesn't happen to you, it's a little hard to believe it. And this is part of why a film is so powerful. It's a little bit like if I were to tell you, uh, you know, I grew up in India in a middle class family in the outskirts of Bombay. You'd be like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. But you wouldn't have any feel for it. But if I show you, hey, here's a video. That's my house. There's me at the age of 10. Those are my parents. These are the vendors on the street that I would walk by going to school. That's what my school looked like. You'd be like, oh, wow well, I have a little better idea of what it is like to grow up in India in the time that you did. Same here. I can. We can talk about the police state, but if I can't show you, this is what happened to this guy, and this is what his apartment looks like, and this is what happened when the FBI came smashing through. So a film is not, it's show, not tell. And as a result, it has a very powerful, emotionally yes, riveting impact. Yes. Uh, and you should just see the theater. You know, we, we packed out the theaters people were like, crying like hugging people they didn't even know i mean a sense of shock at the end of the movie so i think that's the mm-hmm. essential first step and i want people to if they can be a sort of apostle or evangelist for the movie help us share the message and policestatefilm.net. that's yeah. the one-stop yeah. shop that's the website to Good. stream yeah. the movie to any device or uh, watch it on your big screen tv or bet get dvds and share them with your friends and, yeah. and show them yeah. at thanksgiving
0: Dinesh, reminds me a little bit of Martin Niemöller quote. you know, who is down there with the Nazis. Uh, He said, uh, they came for the trade unionists. I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews. I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Uh, That's the classic quote, and I think that certainly will apply in this country. Unless... You know God's people and those who stand for principle and that liberty and righteousness take a stand, and it doesn't take a majority. I've always said that doesn't take a majority, does it?
1: Well, it takes people who are willing to uh, use all their influence, and this is something that I always, uh, you know, uh, exhort myself to do. But most people don't do that. Most people use a tiny fraction of their influence, and so they think I'm doing a lot, but they're not doing a lot. They're doing very little, and and look. In a normal circumstances, not a lot is expected of you. And, and what I mean by that, I don't know if you've seen the movie, uh, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance*. You've got Jimmy Stewart. He's, this, he's a lawyer. He's a believer in law. And he's like, look, I'm, I, I don't want to have to go get a long gun like these outlaws. I'm going to find a legal precedent. I'm going to make a complaint. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go by the book. Now, if you're living in a small town with a decent sheriff and a decent sheriff's force, that's the right thing to do. But then if you go out west in a covered wagon and you set up a homestead and your ranch is being encircled by outlaws who want to burn your homestead and rape your wife and kill your kids. And then you say, listen, I'm not going to go and get a long gun because I don't want to be just like the outlaws, Dinesh. I don't want to be like them. I'm better than that. I'm a man of principle. I have to, you know, turn the other cheek. And so I'm going to go to my library and sit down and find a legal precedent of where these guys are like out of line with a case decided in 1810. I wouldn't even know what to say to you because you have no grasp of the situation that you're in. So it's this kind of denialism that I'm fighting with this movie. Mm -hmm. And I think that if all Americans saw this movie, it's not that we would then need to formulate a strategy. We would know what to do. Our problem is we don't know the situation that we're in. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. And of course, the next election will be the... Key election always is. Seems that every election is important and increasingly important uh, as this nation seems to be going in the wrong direction. Well, this is a wake up call, friends. You need to check out this uh, documentary film, very critical for our day. Please state net is the uh, website for that. Please state film.net. Dinesh D'Souza is producer of the film, my guest on this edition of Generations. Dinesh, thank you. Thanks for what you're it's doing. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, stay on it. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.